0: Hello and welcome to Evolve Pipedrive Podcast, where to all things Pipedrive, sales, apps, and Pipedrive Marketplace. My name is Bruce Bignall, I only run Evolve. We're a technology consultancy based in the UK, working globally, and we specialize in helping people get the most out of Pipedrive through implementation, consultancy, and training. Today, I have the great pleasure to be joined by Riaz Kanani, the CEO and founder at Radiate B2B. Radiate B2B is an intent data ABM platform designed for small to medium-sized businesses. Now, I'm really looking forward to this conversation with Riaz for a couple of reasons. One, because he's a thoroughbred entrepreneur, having founded his first business, Riken, in 1995, (laughs) which was on a mission to help businesses understand and take advantage of the internet. Yes, he started an internet business in 1995. And he continues his journey with technology into 2023 as a textiles mentor, conference speaker, and CEO of Radiate B2B. He's a self-confessed mix of marketeer, technologist and entrepreneur in no particular order uh, and I've known Riaz for a little over a year now um, having uh, following a recommendation from a mutual friend um, and it's led to many chance encounters at events and led to other great conversations and this uh, podcast that we're listening to today. So without further ado, Riaz, uh, please can introduce yourself and radiate B2B to our audience.
1: Yes, thank you, Bruce. Good to be here. Um, So, yeah, Riaz Kanani. um, I founded Radiate unbelievably now. I guess it's nearly six years ago. I think we're about a month out. And, um, you know, I, so we're an intent data platform, we're an ABM advertising platform. Um, But if you rewind back to the very beginning six years ago, you know, we had this view that B2B marketing had to change, right, it, it it was becoming really obvious, I guess, I mean, everyone was doing the same thing, right, write lots of content, put it out there, run events, um, nurture them through, pass them across to sales, um, and the reality is we're in this content arms race where mm-hmm. basically every year you needed more budget just to stand still, which of course doesn't happen because CEOs eventually are going to turn around and say, uh, no, you're going to have to do uh, better with the same budget. And in the last 12 months, obviously, budgets have been cut. So um, so we we thought that given the rising cost of acquisition, we basically, I mean, the, the acquisition cost six years ago and they've continued to rise since, were double the level of which I'd have been fired when I was CMO at a SaaS business, Mm -hmm. um, five, seven years before that. So they'd grown significantly. And we felt that there was a better way of um, driving marketing opportunities. And and for the last three or four years, that's really come under the umbrella of account-based marketing. Um, And I remember um, standing in a room six years ago saying, oh, we're going to build an ABM platform. And um, the response was, well, that's a bit niche, isn't it We So are you sure that's gonna be a, a big enough opportunity? And if you're an entrepreneur and you're selling in a room and you get that sort of response, you actually usually know you're onto something because mm-hmm. you can see something that the the wider market, someone I, I respected hugely, um, um, does not see. And sure mm-hmm. enough it it, it exploded. Um, and I, but actually you fast forward a couple of years down the line, so I guess 2020 2021. um, What we began to realize was it wasn't just affecting B2B marketing; it was affecting B2B sales as well. I was just
0: about to say that that blend. I I felt it around 2019 when you have the lead sales guys are like, okay, how how can we do more here? How how do we how can we put all this marketing tech? But what can we do at the sharp edge of sales?
1: That's right, and and you know the days of just having to pick up the phone and make 100 calls a day or send lots of email out and that would be enough to generate meetings a long gone uh, I mean you know it was gone two years ago and today it's a, it's a distant memory um, you have to be more sophisticated you have to um, uh, be cleverer in the way you do um, outbound selling um, and We knew one of the interesting things we found was actually that that those sales development teams were very, very happy to look at data that was outside of their bubble. Um, It took marketing a few years to, you know, get outside of the bubble of, of, oh, we only care about people once they convert on the website. Today, um, the total amount of time spent by buyers is about 17% with vendors. Um, and they typically engage vendors much much later. They will typically come to your website a couple of times um, before they raise their hand. Um, and and so you know, and, and
0: they're coming to you much more informed, right? Because they, right. they've done their research elsewhere. So when that's right, they're in front of your sales guys. Your sales guys need to be good because that's a real differentiator. That's right, they're coming to you. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And so we wanted to basically find a way that we could help those sales and marketing teams get in front of those companies earlier. Because if, if, um, if you as a vendor were waiting till later, till they put their hand up, you can sure as hell predict that they've already started to shortlist in their head who their favorite vendors are either that's because they've got a relationship with somebody already or from the research they've been doing they've been building a picture and so how could we get um um, um salespeople in front of companies when the timing was actually right and that's how we ended up building the intent data account-based advertising abm advertising platform mm-hmm. you know which in a nutshell what it's doing is combining Um, Anonymous activity on your own website and looking for behavior that suggests buying intent and combining it with 5000 plus publishing um, publisher data from across the Internet. That's powered by Bombora. We combine those two to give you a single score that allows you to say, right, these are the companies that are showing the highest intent. These are the companies that are showing low intent. And so the high intent we pass to sales, the lower intent we pass to marketing, and then marketing basically sifts that that um, larger chunk of, of companies to figure out, well, actually, these are the companies sales should speak to. Yep. And so you get in earlier, you actually also have an a, an idea of the angle, right? So typically as a business, you don't just have a single message that you go to market with. There's some nuance, right? Companies will come at you because they've got a slightly different use case, um, and so we can usually identify the nuance so that when you do reach out to these companies, you can angle it from whatever angle you you know is right for them, for the buyer Perfect. rather than yourself. Um, and then, you know, um, a lot of companies out there. Um, especially you know what we're doing is bringing it to these smaller mid-sized companies that are selling to enterprise so it's not enterprise selling to enterprises it's, it's companies under a thousand employees. So, so why, why did you choose that is that because the world
0: that you knew from your CMO days and and you knew the of the the, the richness that those kind of SMEs are looking to? Like, where did do, where do that
1: kind of why did, why did I pick? Why did I pick that particular group the of customers? Yeah. I, I'm a huge fan of HubSpot, um, and I'm a huge fan of PipeDrive. Those are my two favourite uh, marketing automation CLM, um platforms, and um, they go after a niche that almost everybody in the martech sales tech space ignores. Right? Everybody goes after enterprise. They all want to go up market. It's funny, yeah. Yeah? Um, and, and Enterprise is great. It's very, very profitable. Um, but there's a huge swathe of companies that sit in the mid-market and and, um, and smaller companies. Uh, we can't yet service the most smallest companies, mostly because you need a sales team um, yeah. um, to use our platform or a marketing team to use our platform. If you don't have um, um, one or both of those, then you can't get enough value from the yeah. platform to, to use it. Um, but that's why is is i like going after what i think are underserved markets Hmm. and and um i like a challenge (laughs) which is i mean there's something
0: in there and i don't know if it was from your previous experience like for, for as an example evolve we are based we're basically trying to um yes we work with uh pipe drive and getting people to implement pipe drive train them one pipe drive consultant pipe drive yes. but really the that really the north star is helping small and scaling businesses you know from half a million to 60 million pounds per year yeah that kind of mid-market business yeah digitize their processes That that's yeah the tech stacks changed so much in the last decade and there's this whole long tail of kind of middle England and middle middle business that yeah. sometimes some of them are still working on spreadsheets. That's right. We've got people that are closing um, <laughs> their, their POs and invoices are sent out and tracked on a spreadsheet, like £10 million a quarter. Yeah. How, how do you know what's going to close? If you're, if you're running your sales like that, even if you've got a, a 10% or a 5% uptick in what you're closing, then that there, there's, there's value in, in, you know, implementing new technology there. So yeah. I, I was, yeah, I
1: was interested why, why you focus on that niche. Yeah, and I, else I there. have had experience there, obviously. Yeah. Um, um, certainly Silverpot, the business I sold my um, startup to, and then, and then we ended up exiting it to, to IBM was primarily a mid market, mm. marketing automation platform. Um, and so certainly we had, we had experience there. Um, um but yeah, so,
0: so how has ABM changed, right? Because I, 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 and what were the intent signals that you, you could capture six years ago? And what are you now being able to,
1: yeah, changing? I mean, ABM originally was all about targeting a single
0: company. logo. Let's get that, let's get that logo, let's go get it. Yeah,
1: um, and probably for most of the last seven years, um it's really expanded to be about targeting a cluster of companies or a target segment, yeah. um, you know, hundreds, maybe low thousands. Um, and so you've got this idea of one-to-many ABM. But I think we've now started to take the next step beyond this and the the platforms have become sophisticated enough and easy enough to use um and and obviously that's our goal is to make it really easy to use um that you can now integrate the abm techniques into a broader demand generation um campaign or into um broader go-to-market um strategies and so Whilst we have the ABM advertising platform, which targets um, advertising across the internet at a specific list of companies, whether that's companies showing intent or your customers that you want to expand or, or whatever. Um, um, and you know, for most of the last five years, those have sat within an account-based marketing program. For the last couple of years, we've seen them also start to sit within broader demand generation programs Mm -hmm. as well Um, at the end of the day these are just higher value prospects that you want to have awareness of you as a business um, and then when they start to show some level of intent um, to then you know invest further in whether that's to send uh, further messaging or dm or to invite to an event or whatever happens to be yeah Um, from an intent data standpoint you know every day i see new um, intent data providers and, and actually one of the things I say to a lot of people is understand where the intent data is coming from so in our case um, our intent data comes from your website and it comes via Bombora from those 5,000 plus um, publishers and so and is
0: that you is that very much UK based again I don't know about the
1: yeah it's global, um, global. Um, and and you know we um, obviously the best quality data comes from North America UK Western Europe Um, The really key thing with that data is that what you're seeing is real activity. I think something like a decade ago, there was a really big um, focus on something called attention. It was a big thing around social media at the time. And and it was this idea that one of the um, things that is constant with everybody is their decision around where they pay attention. And understanding where people pay attention says a lot about an individual. And when it comes to the workplace, we don't spend time on researching particular topics without good reason. Um, And so what we're looking for from the intent data is to be able to map, well, okay, this particular company is spending time, investing time looking at a particular topic much more than normal. Um, And the nice thing about that um, particular set of data is we can do so without using third-party cookies. So we can be fully GDPR compliant because you can (laughs) look at it from a a company level. Mm -hmm. Um, We're not using Bidstream data, which is technical jargon for saying the the backbones of the ad tech world, which the ICO ruled as being illegal.
0: Yeah, I've heard there are some other intent data companies that are are using that and maybe shouldn't be. uh, Yeah. Yeah. yeah, And I guess it's fine.
1: It's fine in the U S it's just Mm. in the UK. It's problematic. Um, And then there's other types, right? So, so um, there's um, community review websites. You can go to G2 and you can purchase intent data. And that shows you, um, you know, the source of that is, is um, activity um, on their community website. So, um, it's a nice way of describing that um and so that's another angle and there's lots you know some some um platforms are sharing event registration data um as, as another form of intent so so understanding what you're looking at is quite important
0: yeah and is that something that you would always ask, anyone that's getting into this a b m or um uh would you call it a b s <laughs> account based sales yeah. um account based marketing uh, piece from an education standpoint, you say, look, understand where your data is coming from, which then will drive the, the, the attention or the, the in, insights that you're going to come out at the other side. Would, would that yeah. be right?
1: That's right. That's right. Because at the end of the day, what we're I mean, when we do the advertising piece, we know that's the earliest way to identify intent. But not everybody um, can be running advertising campaigns 24 seven Uh, all the time the intent data then that we have so the the browser publisher-led intent data and the intent data on your own website then identifies the next step in the buyer journey if you like right the way through to close and so that that's um the data uh, or the buying cycle that that we cover Um, and then community review data typically comes a bit further along and so um i i kind of Think about it as being, well, um, if we're identifying companies that aren't on your website and they haven't yet got there, these are companies that, you know, they should know about you and they haven't, and so you're basically paying so that you know who you might be missing out on
0: yeah. from an
1: opportunity standpoint, kind of like PPC and search, right, is ideally you you want everybody to find you on um, organic search, but in reality you're going to miss some and they're going to come through via PPC.
0: Yeah, and and who should take ownership of it? I'm just thinking from a um, ABM probably has just just like any marketing budgets that they've had the um, or PPC budgets, not marketing budgets. PPC yeah. budgets were always um, more backed than a SEO budget because there was like a real clear ROI, right? That's right. And, That's um, right. From a marketing standpoint, you could okay, I'm going to put hundred thousand pounds into this because we know the. Um, the lifetime value and we, we know we're going to get a 3x return on that yeah. seo and content teams are always arguing for look just let us build this out we don't won't have to spend all that money over there but yeah you always have those kind of internal um conversations but from a um if you now got this intent data that we can lean on to focus our marketing efforts so retargeting ads and or retargeting ourselves outbound efforts to kind of double down or triple down on on a certain area who should be leading that is that marketing is that sales is there someone in the middle obviously we've heard of roles like a CRO now and and, um, uh, because yeah the growth of those those types of types of roles are really growing yeah
1: what's your thoughts on that I mean CROs typically get us the fastest if you like because they end up looking over both sales and marketing if you have a very well aligned sales and marketing team, again. You're going to understand us very very quickly, because what we're doing is highlighting the companies that' got the highest intent which comes to sales and the companies that are showing intent that goes to marketing and so we do straddle both sides of the fence and um we sell to both sales and marketing um, as a result typically you know when we're selling to the sales team it's it's because they care more about. They're managing the sales development team, the business development team. They care more about outbound and and acting on this data to improve meeting generation. Um, And so, you know, I'm not a fan of just building something because it's cool. Um, I'm I'm more, I've always been, all of my startups have always been geared around the idea of data and understanding data. And so we measure everything we do and you know we know that companies that are acting on this in social media, for example, will drive a 35% uplift in meeting generation. Um, likewise, from a marketing standpoint, if you're sending, sending out marketing emails to these companies, you can get a 2 to 3x uplift in click rate yeah. versus, um, versus the norm. Um, and likewise with advertising um, on LinkedIn. And so that's important to us because at the end of the day, it's got to drive revenue. Oh, yeah, for, for, for
0: sure. What What's the – you have you mentioned, obviously, the, the size of the business that you work with. Is, are there typical industries – because I just want to kind of bring it back to, to the audience. So a lot of people – I said to you kind of off camera – a lot of people that listen to this podcast are either on pipe drive or considering the switch, right? Yep. Pipe drive is in that kind of SME scale-up space, with a lot of B2B um, – Software companies, construction firms, finance firms, whatever it might be. Who You did mention that a founder-led sales team probably wouldn't lean on this. But if, if you've got marketing or if you've got a sales team, what size of business should be using this? Are there any industries that this works really, really well for? Uh, what yeah. was your experience there?
1: So... Any, so we work cross industry. We've got the mm. same sort of thing really as Pipe Drive in terms of that sense, but um, they're all selling to larger businesses. The data only works if you are selling to mid sized large companies. Mm. Um, so if you are a business that's selling to small businesses, we're just not the right platform for you mm-hmm. at all. Um, probably the sweet spot is around about. As a sort of starting point, is around about three to five salespeople, um, um, but we go right up to a hundred salespeople sort of level, um, and so again, in a way, that's quite similar, I think, to Pipe Drives, um, probably the the upper end of Pipe Drives market.
0: Yeah, um, and the, there's it's getting me thinking about the. Uh, we actually spoke about this in person about the kind of. Sales synchronicity, right? I don't know if you remember this. No, yeah. um, I this like actually that, came right? from a, a previous guest, um, David Gable, the head of sales at Kixi. Okay. Um, shout out to, to David. Um, and he uses really great term sales synchronicity where, again, old world sales. I would, I'm would, I going to do my outbound calling yep. between 9 and 11. Great. Yep. I'm on the phone. I'm on the phone. I'm on the phone for that hour, yep. those two hours, whatever it might be. Um, however, if someone's just opened my email or just clicked a link,
1: yeah,
0: why don't I call them when it's good? We know that they're on the phone. You know, we know that they've again. Your word, attention, is yeah. with us and our business. They're running their own business and doing their own things, but they they're literally looking at our email now. Why not give them a call then? Yeah. Um, and so technology is allowing us to weave all these things together, right? Yes. So w- what's the Again, paint your picture. What what is the roadmap for something like Radiate B two B in the pipe drive space, in the in the CRM space, and that kind of intent data there?
1: Yeah. So we don't track individuals. Yeah. Um, um, first and foremost, uh, I'm not sure the world would be very happy to know we were tracking every individual business person around the globe. Um, well, so-, is that, so, so
0: is that conscious? Because there's something that you said earlier about the kind of the the why right and and um why abm became a thing for you at the beginning because the marketing got saturated and i'm yes. sure i can't remember who you know marks marketeers ruin everything right so there was a time when everyone read every email every i don't even look at my personal emails anymore i yeah. i use it as a it's an if i need to search for something i search yeah. it and yeah. i find it i don't the only inbox i look at are my three business ones yeah, but my personal ones. My wife says, "Did you see this?" <laughs> <laughs> it, it, it's an archive, and I'll search it, and it's 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 perfect. Um, yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah, we certainly don't read them anymore. Anyway, so so, but that's how things have changed, right? So, that's well, right. so that was a conscious decision to not track individuals.
1: Yeah, that's right. I mean, I had the the advantage of being on the DMA email council many years ago when GDPR was being drafted. Um, yeah. And, um, you know, you can see the direction of play and it's pretty. it was always pretty clear that um, you were going to be less and less able to track individuals. And actually, you know, for the most part, it's not completely true. There's, there's the odd company here and there who this doesn't work for. But for the most part, we have a very defined persona and we have a very defined customer profile. Okay. And so... Knowing that, you can typically narrow down. If you know the location and you know the company, you can typically narrow down to a, a small group of people that you um, want to talk to. And invariably, you want—you know—it it always makes me smile when um, we talk about advertising campaigns um, with companies because invariably they want to target the decision makers, right? They want to target the marketing directors or the sales directors, the HR directors, etc., etc. Um, yet the people who would have been researching on your website would have been the researchers very unlikely to have been the senior decision maker Um, and so actually knowing the person on your website from a perspective of, of who you want to speak to actually you probably can guess that because you can go and look for the four or five people who who are in your target persona, you can see who the researchers are who are likely to be on, on the site, and you can see who the senior decision makers are. Mm. Um, and for the most part, if you didn't have that extra additional piece of intent data knowledge, you would have gone after the decision makers anyway yeah, um, right. and ignored the researcher. Um, well, I mean, if, you, if you know the researchers
0: coming on your site, it, it, it gives you an opportunity yeah. to create some content for that person. So That's do right. you have to communicate? Do you have to pitch this to your boss? here's a one pager of how to do
1: it's just clever sales right that's just just using the data you know to actually act on it um and so i mean i remember you know so we have the ability to see that live view of your website and we know that if you do act on um that piece of insight and call somebody within five minutes of them being on your site you are much much more likely to reach them than if you wait to 10 minutes
0: yeah yeah, I, I've seen I've seen some graphs where it it really does drop off after it's huge spike um, yeah. after before five, and then even after fifteen minutes, just don't bother. It's, right. it's just like being cold again.
1: Yeah, that's right. And 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 so, um, um, and when it comes to intent data, it's always going to be relatively. Delayed, right? So it's never going to be. Oh, someone was browsing five pages on this particular topic two seconds ago. It doesn't happen that way, um, and so you don't get that instantaneous part, if you like. But you don't need to. Mm-hmm. Um, um, you know, the fact that they are engaging on that topic means that you are two to three x more likely to get to make to cut through the noise when you follow up with one of these companies than you would do otherwise and so um um, you know we i had somebody on um one of my linkedin lives um end of last year um who was talking about how when she was using intent data and she picked up the phone they the response that came across was oh we were talking about that last week in our team meeting that's you know. And and so you do still get you do still get those sorts of things happening, um, but it's not quite so big brotherish. So um, question you... on that:
0: How do you respond? Because I've had it where we, um, I've had you know people that have opened an email after six months, and I, and I would give them a bell. Yeah, after, you know, and they would say, "Good timing." You know, we would just um, some people call it out and say, "What what is this wizard wizardry that you you've got running?" Um and I, I've always seen it in two ways. I <clears throat> sometimes I would if I know the person, I would say that's right. You know, it, it is a some pipe drive um functionality. Uh functionality. But if I don't know them, I would I wouldn't even engage in it. I'd say, okay, and then kind of move the conversation move, on. Move the conversation on. What 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 are your thoughts on that? Do do you lean into it? No,
1: I I, I guess I tend to to move the conversation on. Mm. Um, I mean, we tend not to track too much without being quite clear about it. At least we try to. Sometimes it it sneaks through. But, um, yeah, I tend to – I don't think people like to be surprised by being tracked Mm-hmm. um and the trick is to make sure they're aware of it and it's one of the big challenges with email actually is that you do get tracked um, in email without actually often realizing it if you're not yeah. tech savvy and then obviously you, you're aware so yeah no
0: for sure yeah I, I i think not spending too much time on it is is the right because it also isn't that it's surface level it's not really a deep what what are you going to say oh yes we, I, I did call only call you here because of this um <laughs> do you want to buy or not No, it's it's, it's a, it but it's a it's a synchronous moment for you That's to get right
1: that's right and it's just acting on signals i mean we've done it since forever right we you know job it used to be the job pages right so yeah. um moving to a different job oh i'll pick up the phone and have a conversation yeah. with them it's basically the same principle
0: yeah, yeah. so Radiate b2b and pipe drive how do they integrate what's the Um, And how can people find out more?
1: Um, So the easiest way to find out more is on our website. Um, But we're more than happy to um, give a demo. So get in touch um, either via the website or or connect with me on LinkedIn. Um, The the integration, one of the things I like uh, about the world today versus 10 years ago is um the quality of integrations is it's just so much easier right i mean you know what we're trying to do is to make things really easy for our customers they tend to be smaller they tend to have less time um and and so yeah it's as easy as going into our platform or into PipeDrive, and going into the marketplace and um, um selecting in our platform PipeDrive, and in pipe drive's platform radio b2b yeah. and then and then you auth- authenticate your account and um off you go. It is as simple as that.
0: Um, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. Nice. Yeah. So then, but we'll have a link in the description below for the the demo. There, um, basically the, the intent data plugs straight into your leads inbox in Pipe Drive, which is um, very cool. So, sorea, as, as we look to close, uh, th- this is yeah been really fun uh, from from my side. What's what's your story? How did you come to start radiate b2b how did you meet your co-founders what what was the story there um yeah latest business
1: so this is startup number six (laughs) (laughs) um and unlike almost all my other startups except for the previous one to this um i had said 10 years ago i would not do another startup I had said I wouldn't even come back to the MarTech space. I was bored of the MarTech space. Um, Everything was big data plus something we did 10 years previously, and it wasn't that interesting. Um, And um, and so for years, for a bunch of years, I'd go in and help companies to scale, and I'd advise them on marketing and I'd advise them on um, um, international expansion, operational type things. And um, I got bored of doing that very very quickly um and and basically said actually let's go and build something new and so i potted around with a whole bunch of projects and whilst i was doing that someone pointed out to me normally it's me pointing out to others i normally have loads of ideas around um things and when it came to marketing i was ignoring it so so no ideas and someone pointed out to me that that conversion cost change and how um how much it had gone up in the... Is that, is
0: that from things like Facebook just rocketing up and...
1: Yeah, co- I mean, it, it's from content... Everywhere, marketing. Everywhere, everywhere. Uh, yeah, I mean, we were, we were focused on B2B. So, um, um, you know, it was the amount invested in content marketing. It was the increasing cost of, you know, increasing CPMs in in Facebook um, and, and even LinkedIn and, and the rest. And so, um, you know, you basically had a situation where... Um, the the acquisition cost was so high that, and there was no sign of that ending that you just felt there must be a new way of doing things that was more cost-effective. I, I guess it was around the same time or maybe a few years previous, there was the conversation about the oil sands in Canada uh, where, where they extract oil, but they can only extract oil economically at $100 a barrel or above. And the minute the price of oil drops below that, they have to shut down because it's just not viable. And it was that sort of approach that I brought to Radiate, really, which was um, we're at the point now where the cost of acquiring an opportunity is so high that there are new ways that we can do things that will allow you to acquire opportunities at a lower cost than actually um, what the traditional ways um, are costing today. And so that was sort of where we started with Radiate because we knew that there was a lot of data out there. We knew it wasn't being used and we knew we had quite a lot of scope from an acquisition cost standpoint to deliver value for our clients.
0: Yeah, I, I, I think there's two things I want to add to so kind of bring into that. So one, one, it's kind of makes a lot of sense now with tech stacks being shrunk and efficiencies, how sure. do you find efficiencies yeah. um, with kind of bloated tech stacks? Um But then also, I just wanted to, who 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 is your partner in crime here, and and has it been the same person throughout every business that you've had? So you, obviously you mentioned your CTO here. Yeah, has it been the same guy or, or, or person that's um, been with you for multiple businesses, Um and what what keeps you what keeps you together?
1: Yeah, so I typically never do solo founding of a startup. I, I think it's um, madness, um, <laughs> and, and you're crazy to do so um and so most of my startups have always been with um another guy um um and he did join me initially for um, for radiate and um but decided he wanted to go back to the world of work he's he's a, uh, um and so he left after a year yeah. um, and um and then about a year after that we brought in the cto um who isn't is somebody I'd worked with over ten years at a previous company, Silver that um we'd exited to. And so it it's uh yeah, it's been a it's been a good journey. Um I, I always say having a co founder is um like having another marriage in a way. Um and uh yeah, you know, there's a there's a, a deep relationship there that it's different obviously from being married, but it, it, in some ways it's the same.
0: Yeah, you, you end up speaking to your business partner more <laughs> than your wife. That's um, Yeah. It's a, uh, yeah, no, I love it. So, uh, last round of questions. These are yeah. quick fire questions, but they can be long form answers. Okay. Um, <clears throat> what's your favorite Radiate B2B use case that you've seen someone use? So, it might be a, a certain market that they've pulled up or how sales and marketing work together. What, what's your favorite use case that
1: you've seen there? So, I mean, our clients experiment and do lots of random things. Um, we've seen clients monitor their customers to identify whether they're looking to churn or not, mm-hmm. um, which was an interesting one. Most of our clients are my favorite by far. You know, the the, the ability to know when somebody is looking at a particular topic um and so for new biz so for biz dev um it's the simplest of use cases um but it's fire right it's 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 just that knowledge of uh, there's a saying in marketing whereby if you if you just know the right time the right place and the right message if you can get those three things right you can close that Mm that um, that customer, right? And we're able to uplift two of those three things. We can tell you the right time, and we can directionally tell you where your messaging should be. Mm-hmm. The place then is just left to be figured out. And so for me, that I, I love that. I think that's brilliant. Um, um, and it's why I get so excited about what we're doing at Radiate is, is I think we're allowing our clients to get closer and closer to it. And then, as we evolve, there's a whole bunch of new, really cool use cases coming down the down the pipe, especially for sales directors and marketing directors. Mm-hmm. But my CTO will kill me if I don't. No,
0: that's cool. Just uh, like... <laughs> I, I I look forward to hearing more about it. Um, your your piece there about the um, if you get those three things right, it's then uh, you know it's it's like what well, I was thinking of. You you could have the most thirst quenching drink. That, that there is but if someone's not thirsty or if they they haven't been looking for water for for however long yeah um and when it's i'll give it to you when, when you're ready thanks i'm not gonna i'm not gonna try and push it on you
1: yeah um
0: but yeah probably a bad bad analogy but that's what came to my head no it's right it's
1: not, uh, it, at the end of the day if you're in a, if you're in a water rich place and there's water everywhere it's not probably not the place to sell water is it yeah. um i guess it's that similar to the selling ice to the eskimo
0: um, yeah
1: saying right but um if you're in the right place, that ice could be quite valuable. Yeah, like like a bar. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. That's why B2B is so much harder. Yeah. <laughs> there are uh, no B2B, B, there's very few B2B uh, places you can go to, to sell to your customers, right? Directly. Yeah.
0: And top tips for those getting started. We might may cover this. The top tips for those getting started in uh, ABM uh, and top tips for those that are are a seasoned pro and want to kind of get more out of um, the platforms?
1: Yeah, so um, so I'd look at this as more um, um, sales go-to-market or marketing go-to-market than just ABM. So you don't need to have an ABM program. Um, um, so that's, I guess, first step. Um, the, the second tip, and by far the most important, is to actually know your market, right? So, so what is your ideal customer profile? You, the last thing you want to know is... I want to know everybody in the world who is um, looking at, let's say you're a social media platform, um, um, you know, and and so I want to know everybody who's interested in buying a social media platform um, across the world of every size that you can think of in every industry. Now, the reality is that will create so much noise that it's not much use to you. Um, And so first step is to know, you know, who are the right companies for you understand the persona, um, so that you know once you do get the information from, from us exactly who you should go after. Um, and then um, if you can, tie that with advertising. Mm. So when you do cold advertising on LinkedIn, so you target an entire sector, typically it doesn't pay back. The conversion rates are so low that it, it doesn't return. Um If you do a retargeting campaign, um, just without our tech, usually the conversion rates are quite high Mm -hmm. and enough to actually fund both the performance of that campaign itself and the cold campaign.
0: Yeah, enough to to reinvest,
1: yeah. But but we give you even more than that, right? We give you all the companies that are actually interested. So you get a significant uplift on conversion um, alongside it, and also you get the ability to influence people who are thinking about your topic right now. And so, um, you know, you don't have to be spending tens of thousands of pounds. Usually, it's low thousands, thousand mm-hmm. two thousand pound a month sort of thing um, to do that. And and so, you know, we do that for a whole load of clients, and, and it works really really well. So, those are my tips for sort of starting out. Mm-hmm. Um, my tips if you're more sophisticated. Really, is to think about um, streams, um, if you like. So, very most of our clients will, I will have half a dozen, a dozen topics that they'll be monitoring at any one moment in time, and and those topics will guide um, the sales teams and the marketing teams around what is it about this particular customer, this opportunity um, that's interesting to them. And so um, our most sophisticated clients are basically taking that data and then nurturing them with a focus on that particular angle. Mm -hmm. So company X might be, uh, let's do email marketing. Um, Mm -hmm. You you might be interested in personalization and email marketing. You might be interested in newsletters or you might be interested in um, automation. Right. Uh, If you are an email marketing agency, you could be selling any of those three things quite easily. And so, depending on which of those three they were showing intent for, you could create streams of either emails or advertising or your sales scripts around those streams. And so, when they come in, you are able to really actually tailor your messaging, and obviously, get it it gives a dramatic uplift in performance when you do that. Unsurprisingly, because you're you're much more relevant.
0: Yeah, no, that's great. That's a, re- that's a really nice um, use case. You know Pipedrive. Yeah. Have you got any feature requests? It-
1: yes. I'm not sure, though, if they'll ever do this. <laughs> but I'm a data guy, and I like clean data. But pipe drives, one of its biggest selling points is how easy it is to use and get started and get moving on. Yeah. Um, but I would like it to have um, basically stronger fields so that um, if I create a company with the same domain name, for example, it recognising that, sort of recognizes that already exists, or if I create a contact with the same email address, the same thing, right? It doesn't have the... Um, it has the deduping capability yeah um, um but i'd rather it just picked it up at time of creation and so there's better data quality tools yes. within pipe drive so that your data didn't get messy as much over time
0: yeah that's a really good point and it's uh, so i was talking to someone else about this the other day um, uh, data clean, you know any any we all talk about data you know shit data in shit data out but sometimes
1: yeah
0: it can just get messy you know someone else is logged back in from the same same business and uh yeah uh yeah i think that's a really uh really good point um well they who knows that they might be looking i i know um sean the cpo has been working a lot on the back end getting rid of right. some legacy things and um, so yeah fingers crossed you never on, know. on that piece yeah. um, well Riaz thank you uh, and thank you uh, for you guys listening uh, you've been listening to the Evolve pipe Drive podcast where we talk all things Pipedrive sales apps and pipe Drive marketplace uh, at Evolve we're a technology consultancy based in the UK working globally specialising in helping scaling businesses do more with Pipedrive and their wider tech stack uh, through implementation consultancy and training um, if you found this useful Please let us know what you think in the comments. Hit like, subscribe, or share with someone that you think will find this useful. Uh, We value all of your feedback. Riaz, one last time, thank you so much for, for joining us today. Thank you, Bruce. Really good to be here.